giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Chad Pytel. And I'm your other host, Will Larry. And with us today is John Ridd, the co-founder and CEO of Green Pixie, which is building solutions to reveal and reduce the emissions of the cloud. John, thank you so much for joining us. I have to admit that as a developer, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. Like we practice test-driven development. We run continuous integration. Even the things that we have running in the, the cloud in terms of the websites that we run and that kind of thing, I'm also just really becoming aware of when I make a new branch in everything that I run and I'm making a code change and pushing that up to GitHub, it then kicks off a build every single time any team member is doing that. And I can just see the impact that even just a single software product can have potentially on our environment. And I've started to become more and more guilty about that. So I'm excited to talk to you about how we might be able to fix that problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the big reasons that we've really seen the opportunity in the cloud emissions space is this disconnect uh, really between how developers are incentivized to think and rightfully so, they need to build and innovate at all costs. That's what drives the innovation in any tech company or any company. But the sustainability way of thinking and thinking, what am I building? What servers am I using and turning on? This hasn't been in the conversation with developers, and they're the ones who are making these decisions using cloud providers to build out the products that the company needs. So it, yeah, it's great to hear that you're now aware of this uh, impending issue from development. So I'm excited to dig more into the product, but I'm curious, you were doing digital marketing before starting Green Pixie, right? Yeah. I uh, ran my own uh, marketing consultancy, worked with a number of companies, big and small. And where I found my knack was, uh, so demand generation, uh, really starting off projects from nothing is what I've always done. It's clear now that so Green Pixie was a bootstrap startup, really using that ability to at least come up with an idea and take it from zero to one bring demand to an issue that's how green pixie started and it actually started with our head of engineering uh chris who i met at my co-working space and uh, really we just had the idea to do a hackathon on the weekend and i had this idea when it came to website emissions and just knew that there was a software and a product play there and what we do is connect into google analytics put it through some carbon algorithms and give them the ability to see how much uh, digital carbon the website is producing. And from my marketing background, um, we actually we've developed our own marketing, internal marketing software, which is a combination of we've built our own email servers um, with high inbox and um, we did semantic web scraping to find relevant prospects in the sustainability space. So we built the MVP and put this idea for Green Pixie out to the world. And the overwhelming response that we got of people being shocked at the idea of digital carbon and how their digital operations do have a sustainability impact really gave us the confidence to think there's the demand for this idea of emissions. And since then, now we've now moved into 
cloud emissions um, down the carbon rabbit hole. But that's that my marketing experience kind of explains how it started in the first place. So how does sometimes when faced with, I think, all kinds of climate issues, people can feel overwhelmed or helpless or feeling like, what do I do as an individual to have an impact? So what does Green Pixie and Cloud Net Zero enable an individual team or company or developer to actually see and do? Cloud Net Zero connects into the leading cloud providers. So uh, at this stage, we can give a clear view of your AWS emissions down to the service level. And this is a key first step. So we take a, you can't affect what you can't measure philosophy. And that was a big, big step for us. And by connecting into the cost and usage reports and putting it through our carbon algorithms, we can then give visibility to engineers. So everything you're building up in the cloud, we then give a full transparent view of the associated emissions that um, are be created. From that, by using our algorithms and methodology to convert the electricity used into um, from the computation and storage and take into account the geographic location of the data centers of which you're using. As you can imagine, there are different carbon intensities in different countries during different times of the day. So we actually hook up into a, an API that gives us this carbon intensity data down to the hour. So we give a really comprehensive view of your cloud emissions footprint, which is what we consider it the gold standard in sustainability, because what makes the digital vertical so unique within sustainability is we've got data coming out of our ears. <laughs> the, the data is there to connect into with a software so we can give this crystal clear picture. Whereas in other branches of sustainability, if you go into supply chains, et cetera, you've got real world problems that you have to put real time into. So that's the first step that we do is giving you this clear picture of your emissions. And from that, we then proceed to suggest um, reduction strategies to uh, reduce those emissions. John, I'll be honest, before getting on the podcast with you, I never thought about my cloud emissions as a developer. Now I'm seeing, wow, there is a lot there with that. Uh, on your Twitter, I saw this stat. Uh, imagine driving 1.3 billion miles all the way to Saturn. The carbon you would release would be about the same as the amount from all of these streams of Netflix, top 10 shows in the month, they were released. Six billion hours of viewing. Just mind blown just thinking about that. For someone who is just now thinking about my cloud emissions, what would you tell me as a developer or as a, you know any CEO that's listening to the podcast? So yeah, you're right. This is a much bigger sustainability issue than most people realize. Currently, it's estimated around 2% of global emissions are from the cloud and their data center use, uh, which puts it near to the level of the aviation industry. And because the cloud is so esoteric and it's called the cloud, you think it's light and fluffy and you think, okay, it's over there, it's fine. But there's a, there's a hard infrastructure that makes up the digital world that we enjoy. And that's thousands of racks of servers. That's um, so much uh, like gallons and like millions of gallons of water used to cool these data centers. And 
because of this, there's countries such as Ireland and Singapore that have now begun to ban further construction of data centers because in Ireland, over 10% of the grid is taken up by these. Well, I believe there was an article in the Telegraph that referred to these data centers as vampires, <laughs> vampires on the grid, sucking all this energy up. And the reason that this exists is um, it comes down to a company level or to developer level. You're renting these data centers in order to grow your operations. And this aggregate demand goes straight into why these data centers exist and how much electricity they're using. But what you can do for a certain output, because we're a tech company and we love tech, and that's what makes us different to maybe some sustainability, um, really hardline sustainability, uh, environmental points of view, because we actually think you can achieve the same output for 40% less energy use. Um, so there's waste that is pretty rife across the cloud space. Um, and that also comes with the amount of money spent on the cloud. There can be servers that have been left turned on that no longer use. There can be a non-essential computation that could be moved to low intent- carbon intensity hours of the day. And there's so much that can be done and still basically enjoy and build the tech that we all aspire to build. I'm going to resist taking a tangent into what we do in the shadows and the energy vampire. We can call them Collins, I guess, instead of vampires. (laughs) Uh, So I used the calculator that you have on the website, on on our website, thoughtbot.com. I was pleased to see that it produces less carbon than 95% of websites. What goes into that calculation, though? So so what we do on the estimator, um, on the, the webpage, the calculator, so we take into account whether your server uh, being used is uh, green or um, standards based on requesting that, that home page. And then really there's a lot of overlap with sort of page speed optimization, frankly. So the more, the heavier the web pages, the more images. And if it's been coded lazily and it's, and it's heavy, which it hasn't been in your case, which I'm not sure you're really happy about. That basically does have an effect on the electricity used in, in order to serve the website. And we also provide a website carbon report, which goes a step further and takes into account your Google Analytics, which goes for all your page views um, and takes into account some other factors too. When you're looking at the, the carbon footprint of a website, am I understanding that you're also taking into account the carbon footprint of the people viewing what it takes to view the website on the client too? It's very interesting. And we going into client side of the emissions, that is definitely something that we're looking into and, and continue to do so. But now we focus more on the cloud. We stuck with websites as our main priority. That would be in the next step is going into client side and it can, and that logic does go up and it shows the ability of measuring sustainability impact when it comes to digital and because uh, you, you, of course you can get device information from Google Analytics and that can then be used to give an accurate prediction. But that is something that uh, yeah we would definitely consider doing um, in the future. But you, you see the potential. It's, you can go in all these different directions. A little bit of a, a meta question then like, so the calculator is running on people's websites. What is the carbon footprint of running the calculator on the website? Well, that's that, that's the thing. We, we do have a transparency of our own operations. So we're, we're a seed stage startup and um, our operations might get a lot bigger. But for now, and given the 
sustainable approach we take with how we run our cloud and run these tools um around two tons of uh tier two we produce a month from our operations but looking into other tech companies if you've got a, you can imagine how aws can get when it comes to the bigger companies and um, everything in between it can really be hundreds or tens of tons um, like uh, that has been currently unaccounted for and not addressed which Put into perspective, it's acting on your cloud emissions as an individual. Um, let's say you're a developer who has the power to do this. You can have the effect of like 10 times going vegan or not using air travel. Uh, so it's just really, we find this, we really love the idea of seeing combating cloud emissions and developers, particularly combating cloud emissions, is using your unique skills in order to fight the climate crisis in a way that um, a non, non-technical person couldn't. So what what are some of the things that you're doing as a company to solve that for yourself? Are there particular cloud hosting providers that are actually better than others? Yes, it does vary. So there's the big cloud providers and we are on AWS due to the startup credit scheme, um, which as you can you can imagine, um, that's very beneficial when you're you start from a bootstrap model. But and within AWS, you can actually so choosing the geographic location of where you're spinning up the servers is one way you can reduce that. So um, a lot of our data centers, so our servers are in islands. Um, so we're part of that issue, actually, now I think about it, because they have a relatively low carbon intensity. And that's one way that we um, ensure the carbon we're using is uh, minimized. But there are there's a whole spectrum. So if you wanted to go at all costs and convenience and costs throughout the window, there are niche cloud providers which actually have off-grid renewable powered data centers. If you have the means, that is the optimum uh, you can go in terms of the carbon intensity. But in terms of using how we build, so just the typical, like keep making sure that turning off product features and servers that we don't use and being mindful of that, putting non, non-essential compute to low carbon intensity periods in the day and uh, just minimizing costs and using computation for a certain output is uh, how, how we take that philosophy. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Are your engineers spending too much time on DevOps and maintenance issues when you need them on new features? We know maintaining your own servers can be costly and that it's easy for spending creep to sneak in when your team isn't looking. By delegating server management, maintenance, and security to ThoughtBot and our network of service partners, you can get 24 by 7 support from our team of experts, all for less than the cost of one in-house engineer. Save time and money with our DevOps and maintenance service. Find out more at tbot.io slash DevOps. On your website, I see that uh, $127 billion is wasted in idle cloud spend. Mm-hmm. So obviously, one of your goals is to reduce that amount. What other goals is your company looking forward to solving? I would say our main goal is to uh, reduce millions of tons of needless cloud emissions um, using a scalable software. That is our guiding light. But within that, it correlates largely with cost savings for companies. So we could actually save companies millions of pounds as well, um, or millions of dollars. So I'm, I'm from, from from the UK. So <laughs> I went for pounds. Yeah, that's the big push. That that's our guiding light, and we really want to be the torchbearers for 
digital sustainability as an idea. So having the awareness, we take responsibility for driving awareness for the issue also. As a team, um, we have a great combination of like technical minds, but also creative and um, marketing, getting the message out there and demystifying cloud emissions. So this technical issue, because it is a technical issue when you dig into it, but we want to put it in a way that a non-technical decision maker in the C-suite would understand the issue um, in terms of the effect that you can have as a company on in, in a sustainability drive. So you mentioned you got started from that ha- original hackathon idea. And how did things progress for you from there? You, you now have a team of people working. Did you end up taking some investment in order to continue on? We did. We actually started it. So we started as a passion project from that hackathon, saw the potential. I saw a small business opportunity um, through the website um, measuring, and we saw there was demand out there. So we started there. Then they started as a side project and continue to see potential and made the call to basically we got the, the, the initial team was three of us. We went full time and I said, what we can do with this, what we can do with this. Then I, because for my marketing consultancy, I self-funded it um, to the means that I could for like, the first six months because it's, it's an interesting experience when you get <laughs> possessed by an idea um, mm. and it's just like, I need to see this through. Like, I really want to, I see the potential it's for a great cause. I think there's a big business opportunity here. And then really it came to the um, end that point and did start going down the investment route after we were part of an incubator um, associated with the University of Cambridge called Carbon 13. It's a really interesting program where they put together like uh, experts in climate science, the developers, and you come together to try and come up with these big ideas to basically reduce millions of tons of emissions as a startup and there was plenty there was for example there was offsetting companies there was carbon credit startups everything you can imagine and it was there that we got put on the investment journey because at the end of the program you you get it was what was an eighty thousand pound investment to then move on and then go down the vc route turns out we didn't get the investment despite us being one of the the favorites didn't work out with um, for, for various reasons, and then we were in a situation where I was like, okay, need to need to need to get this investment um, in order to keep going and scaling the team, and uh, we ended up being VC backed by a for our pre-seed for a company in uh, London called Ascension. Um, so we did a two hundred fifty thousand pound pre-seed round uh, to get things going, and that's why we have a team. Uh, who is now working on this full time, and it's been a bit of a journey. But the trials and tribulations of of startups is just the is just the game. Um, and now we're looking for a seed round towards uh, that's we're hoping to be closing by the end of the year. Congratulations on the progress so far. Why do you think Ascension was interested in investing in you? So really, at pre seed stage, there's so I've talked to VC since it's market founder co-founders anything else is it's just too early to to really know with any certainty so i think they saw that we were committed um like enthusiastic for the idea um will and um, the other co-founder cto has a is full stack developer it's his second startup and uh, with my de- demand generation background they thought we were a good fit but really I think a lot of time and thinking and commitment has gone into blood, sweat and tears has gone into thinking how 
we can create a product, a software, a company that addresses cloud emissions. And I think investors have a good radar for when people are really committed. And uh, that's what we were. You recently done a soft launch of Cloud Net Zero. Can you give me more information around that? Yeah, absolutely. We did our soft launch. So this is after the pre-seed investment. We got the 250,000 and we uh, built the product that we uh, laid out in that pitch, which was a software that integrates to AWS and gives you this granular breakdown of your emissions by service. And that was what we presented on our, on our soft launch. We did an in-person uh, event, which uh, we just got a small, small room and managed to, so I think around 50 people turned up, which we were pretty proud of. And people do seem to be attracted to this idea. We used my marketing background to kind of bolster those numbers, but it was a really great experience. So it was actually on the side of our co-working space where we did a hackathon uh, originally, and it was just a bit of a uh, an experience, quite a heartwarming experience that everyone's come together. It's like, oh, I was in that room that it started as an idea. And now 50 people coming from VC backgrounds, from like sustainability, from tech, all coming together. And considering we started in COVID times, to have everyone in a room, which is great. So it was great. Yeah. Thanks for highlighting. But yeah, good memories of that soft launch. So people can get a demo and, and sign up now? Yeah, absolutely. So the product is up and running. It uh, went from idea to reality, which I'm very proud of the, the product team for hitting it on time as well. So we did a 100-day push. And on the 100 days, it was it's ready for use. And we're actually got a big update Monday next week. Um, which is going to be the V, uh, so 1.1. I call it V2, and then my CTO says it's not V2, it's V. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, one. <laughs> oh, you're, you need to make your CTO understand that for marketing purposes, you need to make your v- version numbers bigger. Yeah, yeah. He, they, and he's just like, if you think that's V2, then it's V2. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can contact us, and we can basically show you the onboarding to get you connected to your cloud provider, and you can have that crystal clear picture of your cloud emissions and the companies we're talking to now. So software companies, um, so like pretty well-known brands um, we're now in conversation with, as well as just like your heavy duty tech companies. And they're really our ideal uh, client we're looking to now because um, they have a large amount of cloud emissions and they want to be really measuring them for their sustainability initiatives they're actually going to be required to from the beginning of next year there's regulation creeping in that's going to make companies measure their scope free emissions and we have the product to do that and once we go over that first stage of measurement then the next step is giving you uh, recommendations to reduce it ultimately and that will be both in cloud emissions and costs. So we like to, we, we actually are cost saving software ultimately, um, because we can highlight wasted cloud spend. And um, there's, there's a lot of it um, in these uh, companies. So you've launched, it sounds like you're focused on getting customers and making sales. How does the pricing work for the product? At the moment, we are charging 10k a year for the use of the software. This is for so appropriate um, so be your say mid-sized tech company is really who that's aimed for. Anything that goes into like really heavy duty cloud emissions analysis, 
would be uh, probably just down the road, just because mm-hmm. the complication gets uh, considerably. There's a lot more pro computing um, that we need to do our end, which will cost associated with that, and there's a lot more. As you imagine, a lot more handholding in order to get integrated and and that type of thing. So the pricing would be larger for those more um, developed companies with huge AWS accounts. A lot of companies pricing is one of the things that they struggle with early on. I assume you're, you'll learn and your pricing model will change. But was there something that particularly you weren't sure about when it came to the pricing? So the pricing, it's really where what we're seeing from other parallel softwares on the market, um, more towards, so on the cost uh, reduction side um, of the cloud um, that don't focus on emissions, it's ballpark the right place for that. And I think uh, given the opportunity cost, um, especially from the sustainability and measurement perspective, the alternative is the companies are spending a lot of money on uh, sustainability consultants to try and figure out these emissions for the reporting means. And our software does the heavy lifting for you as uh, any good product does. And really it's, and, and with the cost savings on top of that, it's it's about it's about right for now. But as we improve the product and can accommodate these bigger enterprise clients, the, yeah, the price model will evolve and probably get more expensive, but not to overcomplicate it is the logic at this point. And once we do have the ability to take on these sort of complex arrangements, the pricing would reflect that. Um, yeah, so that's the plan. Well, John, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and being a part of it. Uh, is there anything else that you would like our audience to know? We're shouting from the rooftops about cloud emissions. This is going to be the next big issue of the climate crisis. I truly believe that uh, there's estimates that digital emissions will rise past 10% of global emissions by 2030. The data, our first for data, isn't going anywhere. And there's a real chance that computing principles such as Moore's Law that have allowed this improvements in hardware for to the catch up, to keep up with the demand for data won't necessarily last forever and from that we need to really wake up to the fact that the digital world despite it being yeah it seems like it happens by magic there is a real sustainability impact but the good news is we think that using the scalability of software because the scalability of software that has seen so much success for companies can be used to have an equally positive impact on the planet and prevent this this issue of digital emissions by using the inherent scalability of digital availability of data. So that's really what I'm preaching at the moment. And we believe the best first step for that would be our product cloud net zero, because it gives transparency over these emissions. You can see it in front of your eyes and then decisions can be made in order to reduce them. That's what I've, uh, that's why I chose to be my, uh, my soapbox moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. John, if folks want to find out more, see that demo, get in touch with you. Where are all the different places that they can do that? Greenpixie.com is where you can just contact us and we'll be straight on the phone with you. Another place to see what we're really up to and get a more idea of digital sustainability, the best place is probably our LinkedIn company page. We're quite active on there. If you want to take your first steps into digital sustainability start there and if you think your company is ready to act on their cloud emissions or you just want to find out a little bit more then yeah just contact us through our website and uh, we'll, we'll have a chat 
Awesome. Everything that John just mentioned is going to be linked in the show notes, along with a complete transcript for this episode. You can subscribe to the show and find all of that at giantrobots.fm. If you have any questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. You can find me on Twitter at cpytel. And you can find me on Twitter at will23larry. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.